Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning. Warm welcome to everyone. Such a joy to see the parents dedicating their children, isn't it? Wonderful. We welcome those of us who are worshipping with us online too. I just give a moment for everyone to be seated. I'm so glad to be back. I'm going to invite us to do a simple experiment this morning. And uh, it's simply this, okay? I'm going to invite us to hold our breath for as long as we can. So if you have a medical condition, please don't try this. We don't want anyone fainting on us or dying on us here, right? Okay, so this is how we're going to do it. For those of you who are willing to try, can you raise up your right hand? Okay? So in a moment, I'm going to, at the count of three, I'm going to invite us to hold our breath. Then you hold as long as you can. And when you cannot hold, you put down your hands. Okay? Are we ready? One, two, three, breathe in. Hold, hold, hold. You put down your hands once you can't hold anymore. Wow, you're all swimmers are here. Wow. Still holding up. It don't tahan too long, huh? <laughs> I see some people turning blue. <laughs> okay, you can put down your hands. <laughs> what is this experiment all about? It's simply to say that although we can't see air, I hope we are now very convinced it exists, right? Because we all need air to live and breathe. My friends, spiritual battle is like this. We cannot see it, but we must believe it is real and it exists. And not only is it real, the spiritual battle is serious, is tenacious, is relentless, and is ferocious. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 reminds us that the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all powers false signs and wonders. In this battle, Satan is the key protagonist, which Jesus himself reminds us in the Gospel of John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, reminds us, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Let us not look for a demon under every bush, but let us not ignore the demon altogether. Over the last three weeks of sermons, we have been reminded we are in spiritual battle. Spiritual forces are attacking us in deception, in confusion, in seduction, in distractions, in addictions, in intimidation, in rejection, 
in condemnation. Last week, the sermon reminds us to pray for spiritual protection against spiritual attacks. Friends, the spiritual battle is real. It is serious. It is tenacious. It is relentless. And it is ferocious. This morning, our text is taken from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. These verses are found in letters Paul wrote in AD 50-51 when he was in Corinth. He was addressing the new believers in Thessalonica who received the gospel during his second missionary journey recorded for us in Acts 17. In these letters, a key word is telepsis. This word is seen, for example, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. The word affliction there is telepsis. This word also appears in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, chapter 3, verses 3, 4, and 7, and 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Telepsis refers to trouble or external situations inflicting distress, oppression, affliction, tribulation on its sufferers. The new believers at Thessalonica were already in spiritual battle. They were being bitterly opposed by the hostile Jews, and these Jews also incited the Gentiles against them. The opposition was so violent that Paul and Silas moved from Thessalonica to Berea. Many of us are facing challenging situations in our lives, be it a loved one who's seriously ill, aged parents yet to be safe, children straight from the faith, marital blow-ups, parent-child fights. Others face a toxic situation where the wicked seem to be prospering and the righteous suffering. Yet others are wrestling with a habitual sin they cannot seem to overcome. In such situations, we can feel discouraged, drained, even defeated. We can feel weak, helpless, even hopeless. We feel like giving up. We have no faith left to fight. We cry out to God in anguish, God, where are you? We wonder how to keep doing what is right when our obedience is costing us and the world is mocking us. In such situations, May we be encouraged by God's word in our text today and I invite us to rise and stand as we read God's word together. Can I invite us to arise? Let us read from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 3 to 5 and let us read it together. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. From these verses, we see two key aspects of God's character that we must trust in and act upon in the face of the spiritual battles that we fight. They are as follows. First, God is faithful. Stand strong. We see this in verses 3 and 4. And second, God loves you. Press on. We see this in verse 5. Let us pray.
Gracious Heavenly Father, open our eyes to behold. Let our lives be transformed by your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us explore these exhortations together. In spiritual battle, a key aspect of God's character for us to trust in and act upon is this, that God is faithful, stand strong. That God is faithful is seen clearly in verses 3 and 4 of our text this morning. Here, pistos is translated faithful and has the idea of being trustworthy, dependable, one where we can have confidence in. Yet Paul likely intended to contrast the faithfulness of evil men and the faithfulness of God in verse 3. To appreciate this, let us recall verse 2, which precedes verse 3. And verse 2 reads, And that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. Pistis. The Greek word there is pistis for faith. Now in the Greek, these two words, pistis in verse 2 and pistos in verse 3, they appear side by side without any breaks or punctuations between them. Greek readers would have caught the intended word play, which contrasts the wicked and evil men who oppose Jesus, who are faithless, and God, who is always and ever faithful to his people. And how is God faithful? In verse 3, we can see that God will be faithful to establish us and to guard us against the evil one. My friends, when we are in spiritual battle, we can often feel weak and helpless, especially when the battle is fast and furious. Now what does establish in verse 3 mean? The Greek word here comes from sterizo. The idea here is confirming, establishing, strengthening. It is the word from which we get the English word steroids. I think now we get the idea. It is like God is our ultimate spiritual steroid. So that's for established. What about God? Now God in verse 3, the Greek word is philoso. It means to protect us by taking careful measures. It has the idea of military protection against a violent assault. Now these two verbs, establish and guard, are in the future indicative. This assures us that God will strengthen and protect us against the evil one, whatever assaults he holds against us. It is like God injecting us with a super vaccine that protects us from any variant of virus. Now, brothers and sisters, years ago, I had a personal spiritual attack. It happened at about 2 a.m. in the morning. I awoke semi-conscious and I felt this spirit oppressing me. It was so strong I couldn't move. And then it started to choke me. I tried to call out the name of Jesus, but the spirit muted me. I could only in my spirit cry out, Help, Lord. And then a momentary strength came to me and I could utter Jesus. And at that moment, the Spirit fled. God was faithful. He answered my heart cry for help. He gave me strength to mutter the name of Jesus. Now, my friends, the name of Jesus is not a magic formula. When we 
declare his name, we must believe that he's the power, he's the authority and the very title of God. While God is faithful to establish and guard us against the evil one, verse 4 tells us that God is also faithful to help us, to enable us to obey him. We see this in verse 4 which reads, And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. Here we must note that Paul's confidence is in the Lord concerning the Thessalonians, that they are doing and will do what he commands them. We should also notice the military ring of the verses here because the word command, parangelo, is a term for commands given by a military officer to his troops. Perhaps 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23-24 to will help us understand the nature of Paul's confidence. This reads, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. He will surely do it. Here Paul is confident that God will sanctify and keep the Thessalonians blameless at his coming, as God is faithful and he will surely do it. I invite you to turn to your neighbour now and say, God is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen? For the sanctifying work here, Paul is surely looking to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we can see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 7-8, to 8, where Paul writes, For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. My friends, while God is faithful, I think it is quite obvious we must do our part to want to obey him. Friends, while the spiritual battle is real, let us not conveniently blame the demon for all our challenges. Because if you are living in unbelief, in rebellion, in unconfessed and habitual sin, in blatant hypocrisy and deceit, then our challenges are really our consequences. In such situations, stop blaming the devil. Take personal responsibility, repent and confess your sins, and return to God in righteousness. Going back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 4, another point that struck me is how Paul intentionally commends the Thessalonians for already doing what he has commanded them. And let us read this verse again. And we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we command you. In this verse, Paul, as a spiritual mentor to the Thessalonians, was cheering them on, celebrating them, covering them, challenging them. Here, I see a needful place for each of us to have godly mentors in our lives. Mentors to cheer us on, to celebrate us, to cover us, counsel us and challenge us. Such mentors should be our leaders, our pastors, our elders, or any significant godly others whom God has placed in our lives. In this, I am very thankful. I have Pastor Ed, our leadership mentor, 
as a godly mentor to me over the years. I recall quite a funny incident. Years ago, I was attending a workshop that Pastor Ed was conducting and I wrote a WhatsApp to him and said, Pastor Ed, can I meet you for 10 minutes after the workshop because I have something to share with you? He replied very swiftly, three seconds, no, I can't. My, my spirit was grumbling. I said, hey, hello, I'm only asking for 10 minutes. So I was grumbling. Next morning, I received a text from Pastor Edmund and he said, Kirk, can you meet me at 12 p.m.? Of course, I made time. I went to see him. And before I could say anything, Pastor Ed said, I've been praying for you and I'd like to share these verses with you. When he shared those verses and he prayed for me, I just broke down and cried. At that season, I was just so discouraged and overwhelmed by the challenges that I was facing. And Pastor Ed, as a mentor to me, was cheering me on, covering me in prayer and challenging me to press on. Then I found out Pastor Ed's next appointment was 3 p.m. I had asked for 10 minutes. He set aside three hours to be with me. Friends, we all need godly mentors and leaders in our lives to celebrate us, to cheer us on, to cover us, to counsel us, and to challenge us. Recently, I met a wonderful pastor in his late 30s. He shared with me how when he was in his 20s, he prayed to God boldly, send me godly mentors. And when he shared with me whom God had sent him, I said, wow, you have really godly mentors. So my friends, if you don't have any mentors in your life and you're never too old for it, my loving pastoral counsel is humble yourself. Prayerfully ask God to send you a mentor. Boldly ask the godly ones around you to mentor you. But be thick-skinned if they say no. And trust in God's timing to provide one. If you have been hurt by mentors before, huh, they tormented you, huh? rather than they mentored you, then ask God for strength to forgive. Walk in His healing and in faith, try again. So let me summarize this first point. In spiritual battle, the first key aspect of God's character that we must anchor on and act upon is that God is faithful and we are to stand strong. Stand strong because God is faithful to establish us, to strengthen us, and to guard us against the evil one. And because God is faithful to help us to obey Him. So say to your neighbour, God is faithful, stand strong. Amen. The second spiritual truth that I would like us to anchor on and act upon this morning is that God loves you. Press on. We must not give up. We see this in verse 5 which reads, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. My friends, in spiritual battle we can get drained. We feel like giving up. This is especially so when the battle is too overwhelming, too long-standing, too disappointing. In this verse, let me share four observations and applications. First is that Paul is praying for the Thessalonians. Here's my loving question to you. Do you have pastors and leaders and others praying over you? 
Are you humble enough to seek prayers? I recall at one retreat, I was scheduled to speak in the morning. And at 10pm the night before, I didn't even have a scriptural text, let alone a message. I was desperate. My mind had been blank the whole day. So finally, the Spirit spoke, shoot out some prayer arrows. So I shot out WhatsApp to my various brothers and friends, please pray for me. Thankfully, all of them came back with prayers and scriptures. And I kid you no not, hand to heart, I had a spiritual download. By 1am, I was sleeping peacefully because I had the message all written out. My friends, this is the power of prayer. But don't be like me. Uh. Don't pray only when you're desperate. Have a continual prayerful spirit and posture as Paul reminds us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Going back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, the second point we note that Paul is praying for the heart of the Thessalonians. This shouldn't surprise us because at the heart of every spiritual battle is the spiritual battle for our hearts. Friends, let us not be naive. Our hearts can be deceitful, divided, distracted, doubtful, even darkened. Hence, we must heed the wisdom of God in Proverbs 4.34, which says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it, flow the springs of life. Third, Paul prays for the hearts of the Thessalonians to be directed to God's love. Why? Because Paul knows that we can start to doubt if God really loves us or cares for us when our challenging situations get too long drawn, too tough, too rough. Here, Paul, in Romans 8.35-39, and I'm so thankful for Pastor Sharon sharing those verses with us, speaks to such a situation so powerfully. I'd like us to experience that. So can I invite us to arise as we read these verses together? Ready? Let's go. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's give the Lord a clap offering for His word. Amen. Please be seated. Praise be to God from whose love we can never be separated. Praise be to God that we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Finally, my friends, we see Paul's prayer for our hearts to be directed to the steadfastness of Christ. Now, what is this steadfastness? The Greek word is hypomene or hupomene. The idea here is how Christ held up and bore up despite His sufferings and difficulties. 
how he patiently endured, demonstrated fortitude and perseverance. Here Paul prays for our hearts to have that same steadfastness like Christ did, to have a heart that is determined to believe in God's good, acceptable and perfect will, a will that brought Christ to the cross where he died and suffered for the sins of the world so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It is a heart that believes God loves us and loves God in return with determination, with obedience. God loves you. Press on. In any spiritual battle, we must fully believe that God is totally sovereign and ultimately victorious. This must be the basis of our pressing on. Our hope is steadfast and sure. Our victory is sure and ours to claim in Jesus' name. In closing, I have shared about how spiritual battles are real and not just real, but serious, tenacious, relentless, ferocious. We must anchor and act upon these two key aspects of God. That God is faithful and God loves us. That because God is faithful, we stand strong. Because God loves you, we press on. My friends, during this period, spiritual battles are typically very intense for me. And it is simply because our church is leading up to our periodic breakthrough weekends. As pastor over our men's ministry, I have the tremendous privilege of serving in this platform over the years. Yet this privilege always comes at a price. The spiritual battles are intense. Just last week alone, I narrowly missed two potentially very serious accidents as two cars in separate incidents were coming, almost crashing into mine. I remember when I was in a marketplace years ago, I recall during such a period where I had a very difficult time with a colleague which, uh, whom I was working on a transaction with. Our disagreements eventually led to relational tensions and finally tense interventions from our bosses. I felt worn out, defeated, frustrated. When my wife reminded me, you are in spiritual battle because of the breakthrough weekends, I remember complaining to God and saying, God, why is serving you so difficult? Then in one of my prayers, God broke through. He revealed to me that an innocent remark I had made a few months ago had offended this colleague and that I was to apologize to him and seek his forgiveness. Prideful as I was, I took time, but the Holy Spirit was patient. He gave me no rest. Eventually, I apologized and sought forgiveness. And I tell you, the eyes broke between us. The transaction proceeded. That day, I realized how real spiritual battles are and how we need spiritual revelations and obedience to face such battles. Some of us may be wondering, why is it so intense leading up to the breakthrough weekends? My personal conviction the evil one knows that many have encountered spiritual breakthroughs at our breakthrough weekends. And he will do whatever he can to disrupt and to discourage us. So brothers and sisters, if you haven't signed up for the breakthrough weekends, please sign up. I think there are still places for the men. 
women got a wait list. <laughs> Sign up. Spiritual breakthroughs await us. But be prepared because there will be spiritual battles. Notwithstanding, let us take heart. While spiritual battles are real, while they are tenacious, they are serious, they are relentless, and they are ferocious, our God is faithful, stand strong, and our God loves us. Press on. Say that to your neighbour. God is faithful, stand strong. God loves you. Press on. My friends, ultimately God wins and God is sovereign. In God is our victory and to God will be the glory. I invite us to close our eyes. Some of us are just going through very difficult, very stretching, very challenging situations in our lives this season. As a pastor, I already know many of such situations. If that is you, this morning, my prayer for you is that you will hear God saying to you personally, personally, I am faithful. Stand strong. I love you. Press on. Brothers and sisters, we are a spiritual family with our eyes closed. If that is you this morning, or perhaps you want to stand in proxy for someone you know who's just going through a very, very difficult time in their lives, can I invite you to raise your hands with our eyes closed? I'd like to pray. Thank you for the hands. I just give us a moment. I don't want to rush this. Thank you. Thank you. The Lord sees your hands. Let me pray for you. Father, you see the hands that are raised. Only you know whether it's for themselves or someone they love. And Lord, in these times, let them hear, O oh God. You saying to them personally, I'm faithful. I will help you. I'm faithful. I will help you. And son, daughter, I love you. Press on. Stand strong. Press on. Don't give up. I will see you true. I invite those whose hands were raised, receive this. Receive this into your spirit right now. Let God strengthen you. Let His Spirit guard you. Let His power enable you to press on, to believe in the victory that He will bring forth in His time. I also want to give an opportunity for anyone who has yet to receive 
Jesus as their personal Lord and Saviour, whether it's in this sanctuary or anyone watching online. Perhaps you're feeling overwhelmed by life's challenges. If God is speaking to your heart this morning and you want that God, you want a God who's faithful, a God who loves you, a God who will help you, you're desiring to give your heart to Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour, then I invite you where you are to pray along with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who has died on the cross and paid the price for my sins, my sins which have separated me from you. I receive your forgiveness. I receive you in my heart right now as my personal Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, with our eyes closed, if any of you have prayed that prayer, can I just see your hand? Is there anyone? Thank you. There's a sister there. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Let us close in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for being a God, not just of power, but of God who is personal who is saying to each of us this morning, I am faithful. Stand strong. I love you. Press on. Brothers and sisters, let us arise and declare the victory we have in Jesus Christ together. fighting for us heaven's angels all around my delight is found in knowing that you wear the victor's crown you're my help and my defender you're my savior and my friend by your grace i live and breathe to worship you at the mention of your greatness in your name I will bow down In your presence fear is silent For you wear the victor's crown Let your glory fill this temple Let your power overflow By your grace I live and breathe To worship you
the world. We praise you for the power of resurrection that you have brought us from death into life, from darkness into your marvellous light. There's nothing we cannot overcome today because you have over, you overcome the world, you overcome the grave. And today we stand here praying, not just for victory, we are praying from a position of victory. We are praying from a position of victory. So open our eyes, open our eyes once again to see that you are our faithful God. You love us and therefore strengthen us to stand strong and to press on. So church, lift up your hand and receive the benediction of God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.